Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all your sports wagering information, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports and events. Whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Just head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use the promo code BLEAV, that is BLEAV, capital letters BLEAV, to receive your rewards, bet online where the game starts. And welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Top of Thunder podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Huntsinger, at Thunder Chats. We are part of the Believe Network, and this podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. Now that all that fun stuff's out of the way, got to introduce my co-host first off. We got uh, the one that is named Double Dribbles. We call him Tierney. His name is actually Tierney. Uh, We got Matt Tierney in the building. What up, Tierney? I'm good. Speaking of uh, Bet Online AG, I've been uh, hammering Oklahoma City when they're an underdog. Underdog, they were plus two point five, and not to spoil it, but we Ooh. lost by two. So <laughs> I uh, made a little cash, Ching-ching. and and wow. we got the tank going. It was like the perfect thread the needle. Like we lost the game for the tank and made some money at the same time. So I'm feeling good. All right. Well, hey, that, I, I I see some uh, I see some kindling for our discussion later on about where we think this team is. So, but it's not just me and you. You heard him. You heard him whooping in the background. We got the high evolutionary Alejandro Alatroy. What's up, Alex? What's up, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. Just ready to talk. Your to backdrop somebody. is is super spooky. I mean, it's the cave, man. It's the it's the cave. So it's the Batmobile, is what it is. It's like a so. single single spotlight on you, coming from the go. Batmobile. It's all I need. Yeah. Well, well, boys, we have had three games since me and Alex potted on uh, this past weekend. I think on Friday. So, um, you know, we're gonna take us through it in the single large item. Um, the Cavs and the Mavs game, since they were a little bit further in the past, we're just going to do literally one single large item each did, for that game. We did the Cavs game. Remember, that was the one we didn't watch at all. Ah, oh, you're right. Okay, so hey, two games. I mean, two games, unless only two. Maddie watched it. We're, Maddie watched we're it doing pretty good. Sort of insight on it. Tierney did not watch that game. Okay. <laughs> I, I, told, I told Dylan uh, when I texted him today, I have been <laughs> like, Finals this year has kicked my freaking butt. I've been at at home working like a lot on just stuff for teaching stuff. And uh, I just haven't watched any games. Like I have not, I have no idea what's going on until today. I watched the game today. So I am here for analysis exclusively on the Miami Heat game. And like, that's it. (laughs) Okay, cool. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. 
Well, man, well, let's talk about the Mavs game, the Dallas Mavericks. The Thunder played the Mavericks on, uh, uh, was it Monday night, I believe? Yes. Yeah, Monday night. So it was our last game in the in the five-game road trip. Um, you know, obviously a battle of the two top scorers in the league in Shea Gildas-Alexander and Luka Doncic. So, uh, Tierney, it's been a long since you've been on here, man. So I'm going to I'm gonna kick it to you to start us off, man. I'm putting the pressure on you. What's your single watch item for this game? Just look at the box score. Just look at the box what score. What do you, you – why are you turning to me first? What I just said, <laughs> I haven't watched this game. Listen, you don't have to watch it. You can just point something out that, like, sticks out to you, man. Box score heroes. That's what me and Alex did with the Cavs. Come game. on, man. There, hey, there's low-hanging fruit all over the place. Um, hold on. There's a very oh, low-hanging fruit. Oh, shit. Shit, 42 points. Exactly. <laughs> She, she had 42 points that's pretty huge let's talk about that for a hot second that's i'm just i'm still i have no idea what happened in this game yeah we lost I mean, yeah lost so uh that. 21 114 so just a seven point deficit mm-hmm. um shay outdoor luka Doncic in terms of the scoring department luka had 38 shay had 42 oh, took have, over the scoring lead it took over the uh the second place mm-hmm I have a I have a thing. Why Luka Doncic is uh he wants out? Is that is that what's happening now? Is he is he mad at the Mavs? Is that what's what's happening with that? I'm I'm hearing rumblings on Twitter. Oh, are you? Wow. I yeah, I, I, I I'm hearing like kerfuffle that he's like the, the uh, thing with Dallas not is the thing with Dallas is they've always hear from people is that Dallas is setting up for after this season. So after this draft, their pick mm-hmm. goes to New York. After that, they own every one of their picks. So they can go ahead and do one of those crazy Sam Presti specials where they trade, you know, or not Sam Presti specials, but like where they trade yeah, future picks, three pick swaps, you know, and go on from there and get a get a superstar get type a, player. So get another guy for Don. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what the organization is really waiting for. Hmm. I yeah, I just uh, I mean, I while I was tweeting during the game tonight, and I was, I was seeing like somebody I forget who it was was saying like he needs to talk to the GM instead of like pouting. I saw a video of him; he's not like high fiving his teammates, and so I was putting two to two together. So. But I mean, let's, maybe it, let's maybe just it's call it what it is, man. Luka Doncic is—he's kind of a miserable human being when he's playing basketball. He's—he oh seems like yeah. a diva. He seems like a diva. Like I—I yes, I, I love the talent. Like he was—he was one of my favorite like non-thunder players. Like in the literally, he complains on every play in the in the unless yeah. he's scoring, unless he's scoring on an open jumper. He's literally complaining on every single play. Like it's got to be god awful to officiate him. Yeah, yeah. yeah He's no, like I, it. I it, it feels it feels sort of like Harden. Um, I mean, I guess still now, but like in a different way, it's like Harden when he was on the Rockets, where it was like every play was he was trying to like bait a foul. <clears throat> it's kind of the same. It, it Harden didn't complain as much as Doncic, but it's exactly. the same thing. Like every every play it's like it's a foul or it's something and well, see, like Harden a, Harden like didn't a... complain as much as Doncic but he initiated contact much more yeah he Doncic. that's what I mean he he did the same sort of like initiation that Doncic does but he doesn't complain as much which the complaining yeah I think that aggravates me it feels weird like a, Doncic. let's call him Luca 
<laughs> he's got like a he's got like yeah. a punchable face a little bit. He's it's just like a little chubby. It's just like a little chubby exactly. face. Chelsea calls him the fat man. The what? I can't complain. I got a chubby face myself, but he's he's a, he's a, just a chubby face. You just want to punch it. Yeah, well, hey, I mean, you know, talking about Shea, since that was your single origin, Adam, 42 yes, points, 14 to 23, points, according to the 14 box to 23 score. from the field. Like, that's that's phenomenal efficiency. One or two from three, 50% from the three-point line, 13 to 13 from the stripe. And, you know, it, it looked like Shea had kind of started to turn the corner these over this road trip of getting superstar calls. Like, the Cavaliers fans and the Mavericks fan were actively booing the referees anytime they called one of their defenders for a foul on Shea and sent him to the line. And, you know, Shea's starting to get that whistle around the league. Didn't get much of that whistle tonight in the Heat game, but we'll talk about it later on. Um, Neither did Giddy at the end. But, yeah, man, I mean, he's uh, – I mean, he he tore it up. And, you know, it, it he needed this kind of game because – even before the 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 away trip, even before the road trip started, Shea had been in like a slight slump. Like you know, he's still him. He's still mm-hmm. putting up like crazy scoring, but like the efficiency had taken a dip. Um, you know, it it didn't that mid range wasn't like money like it had been, and you know it it, it was refreshing to see it all kind of come back together in that Mavericks game and even tonight in the heat game. So I, I think uh, Shea needed that game and that, that, that was huge for us. I thought like, yeah. I, I don't know if Shea, uh, to, I think we had talked about it last time I was on a couple weeks ago. Like the, I feel like we saw a switch with defenses where they were just like, because he's moving away from the three ball, he's just either driving or doing a mid range. They would just hound him. And so I feel like that was more, why he was dipping a little bit because he had to adjust to that new that new defensive tactic but i mean like i said i have not watched a lot of games the last few weeks so i could just be talking out of my ass right now but i feel like that's what it was and then now as i mean again i'm going to the miami game it did feel like he's he's like he's not driving as much. He's not like going to the rim. He's like stopping now and just like doing these fadeaways, which he's really good at. And you can't defend even if you have multiple guys on him. And so he can still put up 20, 30, even 40 points like he did in this game. So I feel like we're seeing that switch that the, the adaptation from the defenses that were starting to swarm him. He's now sort of, switching it again and going to more of a mid-range game. Yeah, and I think it just depends on the team, honestly. Like, I mean, the the, the Heat game, like he had Bam Adebayo down low. Cavs game, he had Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. Memphis game, he had Jerry Jackson Jr. And those games, <clears throat> he didn't have the scoring outburst that, outburst that he had in, against the Mavericks because the Mavericks don't have like a – real threat in terms of like rim protection. Right. So Shay's able to kind of get going around the rim. So, hey, so, so Dag, I'm sorry. So Dagnall was asked about the officiating. Oh, did he say like, something? Yeah. He Ooh. said, uh, he said, that's probably the most experienced, um, incredible officiating crew I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> 
See, mm. just just quick side note that reminds me. I was at a stop the, the other day, and it, it was like a private farm. I was going like 10, 15 miles an hour in my truck, like just normal speed. And somebody on the side street like stops their car, gets out, walks over me. He's like, please do not drive that fast on this farm. I'm like, okay, got it. And so in the next like 15 minutes, I get a call from my boss. I get a call from the store manager. The framers that are on the job Damn, site are like, there's no speed guys properly. On? No, you in like, trouble, boy. <laughs> But long story short, at the end of it all, like she got behind me when I was going out, I went three miles per hour out of that farm. There you go, petty. So I was on, I was on Mark Dagnalt's like level of petty there. I just had to share that. Yeah, Passive yeah. aggressiveness. Great move. Great <laughs> move. That was a correct move. All right. Well, Alex, what was your single large item for this game? Uh, so my single large item is two years. If you know, whenever he becomes a free agent. If Dallas does not offer Isaiah Joe a max contract, I don't know <laughs> what they're doing because he is Steph Curry unabridged in Dallas every time he plays there. So, yeah, that was that was my thing. Like the like I, I you know the stream that I hear is usually the 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 is usually the home the team. team. Oh, stream. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because this time it was it was the home team. It was Dallas. Oh, and okay. I tell you what, man. Outside of, outside of SGA and Giddy, the most talked about player when he was in the game was Isaiah Joe. That they should never leave him open. That they gotta find that man. That they got him. And it's just like that. That is hilarious to me because, of course, we know what happened the first time these two teams met, where Isaiah Joe last five minutes of the game and in overtime he went nuclear and completely won that game for us. Um, and in this game, it was looking a lot like the same thing. Like literally every shot he shot up from three was going in. Um, and so, yeah, man, like once again, you know, we talked about in the last podcast about the on off numbers, whenever it comes to Shea and Isaiah Joe and looking at the, uh, you know, looking at the, uh, the offensive and, and defensive efficiency. Um, and this game kind of continued that trend of, you know, the probably the, the offensive efficiency numbers just looking incredible anytime Isaiah Joe's in there with SGA. And then, of course, the defense, you know, the offense usually takes care of the defense whenever they're scoring in, in loads. So, yeah, it was, it was just fun to see Isaiah Joe go out there and do what he does to Dallas every time. Isaiah, yeah. I, Isaiah, Isaiah does Dallas. Not Debbie does Dallas. Isaiah does Dallas. He's the young human yeah. torch, man. He's yeah. a he's a he is shooting uh, seven for ten from three in Dallas this year, seventy <laughs> percent. That's sustainable. Just a, yeah, just to uh, give you guys that stat. I like it. I like it. Um, all right, my single large item. If I was picking something <clears throat> that's not Shayer Isaiah Joe, probably be Santa. Man, um, you know, had had a light seventeen with uh, four assists, two rebounds, a block, shot efficiently, eight of thirteen from the field. Only hit one of four from deep, didn't have any trips to the line, but like he he really is like strong, like inside the arc. Like not not so much around the basket. Like I don't know what his percentage is at, at the rim, but I think I saw a tweet from uh, Thunder Focus that said he actually leads all guards in the NBA in terms of two point field goal percentage at like sixty percent. So like wow. he's he's a real weapon, like He's an efficient weapon. He's got that floater. 
Got the offhand floater, which is just so hard to guard and looks so awkward, but goes in every time. He's got a nice little mid-range game. And, you know, it, it was all on display in this game. So, and, I mean, he's sneaky athletic. Like, I mean, he yeah. – obviously, like, you know, I mean, he's he's same size as a lot of the other guys out there that are skying out there. But, like, his length gives him another dimension of athleticism. Like, you know, being able to go up and dunk the ball. Like, it's, it's just insane. So, yeah, shout-out Santa. Whenever, whenever he dunks violently, I want to say you know it's it's a it's a violent night. <laughs> yeah, Santa so doing his thing on a violent night. Violent night was actually a movie about Santa's poster. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right, man. Well, hey, let's move on to the game that happened tonight. You know, we kind of touched on it a little bit, but the Thunder did play the Miami Heat tonight in OKC, the first game of a seven-game homestand, which we lost 110 to 108. Now, this happened tonight. There's a lot to talk about, so we're going to do a single-large item, but we're probably going to go around the around the table a couple times. So, started with Tyranny again. I know Tyranny watched this game. Tyranny was I watched this on game, Twitter dude. in this game. Like, I, was dude, I, was, I was like, what year is this, from, man? I was tweeting from my account. I was tweeting from... Topic Thunder count uh, felt like 2018 again. I was, <laughs> I was in it, dude. I loved it, man. Well, hey, what was your single large item from this game? Uh oh man, I had a single. Uh well, uh, does it have to be Thunder? Because if not, yeah, no, it's just your takeaway from this game, man. Like your biggest takeaway, Tyler, Tyler Hero, dude. I mean that that dude can ball. <sighs> and I gotta See, say, I, I, I was tempted. Super tempted to to blame you on Twitter for this because he's your guy and you've been talking about him. And sure enough, here he comes into Oklahoma City for a franchise record first of seven straight home games and ruins it because he just decides to be wide open, which is partly on our defense the first half. Why were we leaving Tyler here wide open like multiple the, se- the, se- the second quarter the second quarter was just stupid. The That's second harsh. quarter especially was atrocious. I think Eugene was on him. Get why? Get get him off. And why is Eugene on the floor? Is the question. That's what yeah. I said. I said I said get rid of you. No more Eugene, please. You can't have a guy named Eugene on the court. But <laughs> then at the end, the dagger jumper, devastating especially because we had come back from 21 and then the threes were like dying down in the second half. We're like, okay, he's, he's gotten, he's cooled off. He'd have cooled off, but then, it, you know, it's tight. And then they go on like a short little seven Oh run. And then the last little shot there against, I think it was uh, Aaron Wiggins. Cause they got the switch on Dort and uh, he just shot it over him. And uh that was that. The last play also was kind of whatever, but we'll we'll talk about that later. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean Tower Hero, I mean, he did his thing. I mean, like y'all said in the second quarter, absolutely repped. I think he hit six threes in that quarter. Um, yep. hit nine on the game, <clears throat> um, including the one, you know, everybody's talking about the mid-range that he hit, which was the eventual game winner, but the shot he took before Shay's free throws to tie the game of um, oh yeah, wide o- wide open. It is wide open three, but like you yeah. got to you got to knock it down. So I mean, yeah. No, I mean, let it be known. I was taking victory lap on Twitter. Like you know, I was right about Tyler Hero, but there was tears in my eyes when I was driving around the corners. 
Because I mean, you remember. You, 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 I mean, you remember. You know those those rumors, whether they were self made or not, of hey Russell Westbrook for Tyler Hero. Um, I need no that. Whenever, and it was a no. It was a no. Yeah, and then the Gallinari for Hero. That would have been, yeah, exactly. been cool too. So, yeah, man, I. I'm not letting go of Hiroko. See, it it might happen eventually. It might be 40, but it might happen. Gallinari for Hero is actually a little more devastating to think about because Westbrook became CP3, which became like other stuff that could be good down the line. But Gallinari is just Gallinari. Like, I don't think we're, you know, I don't think it's not. I don't think there was any any fire behind that smoke at all. Yeah, I I think it would probably require a little bit more picks and stuff from us. So, yeah. but yeah, it's a it's a wish, it's a dream. Yeah, but it you know it's bittersweet, obviously, but it is it is funny that you're on the podcast after Tower Hero went off after me and you had our Tower Hero Cam Johnson battle during draft season. That <laughs> I believe in him still, dude. Cam's gonna do great things one day. Oh, Cam, Cam's great, but he's not on here. I believe level. in him. No. Oh, I nope. He can still make it. I believe in him. <laughs> even though he was Cam, like 23 when he entered the draft. I still believe in him. <laughs> Cam's a, Cam's a great glue guy. Tyler is. He's a, uh, dude, he's North a Carolina is known like, for their glue guys. Yeah, he's a. That's what they do. Tyler here is a borderline like number one if you give him enough tries, I guess. Yeah, like he's he's like a traditionally a six man. Like he had to start because yeah. Jimmy was hurt, and he's like, "All right, watch this." <laughs> Anyways, Alex, what was your single large item for this game, man? Um. So my single large item is that hey. Josh Giddy is starting to round into form, like you know, started to see you know this this summer. This summer, whenever he was paired up with Chet, like we looked at him, we were like, "Yo, he is ready for his sophomore season. Like he's ready for his second year." And then the year started, and he got hurt at the beginning of the year, had a little ankle tweak, um, you know, sat out a game or two, kind of disrupted his rhythm. I think probably came back. He's probably still suffering from a little bit of an ankle issue. Um, but I mean, over the last, I would say about five or six games, he has totally shown what he can do, you know, and not coincidentally, I think the shot has kind of improved over that same span where his, you know, three point percentage is, is rising up to, to the lower mid thirties, six of 13 um, in the month of December. Exactly. Oh, That's yeah. a beautiful thing, you know, so, um, so today? yeah, so yeah. Okay. So, you know, welcome, welcome to your sophomore season, um, Josh Giddy. I was a little bit scared on that uh, on that break layup that he had, where he seemed to have tweaked his ankle a little bit. Like I think it was at the end of the third quarter, at the beginning of the fourth, something like that. Um, but he came back in. He was, you know, he was good to go. So he was good to go, and you know, he he uh, felt like that run in the beginning of the fourth quarter where we took the lead. It was it was spurred on by him completely, you know. Yeah. While while Shea was sitting down, so mm-hmm. you know, I just you know, I, I'm happy that he is, you know, the the Shea that we wanted to see in the second year is starting to. I mean, the Shea, the the Giddy that we're starting Giddy, that we yeah. wanted to see in the second year is starting to to show his face a little bit. Yeah, as eleven of twenty three in the month of December. My bad on that. Still good. 
Yeah, yeah. So good. Yeah, he Still great. Like Still great. He he was great in the fourth quarter. He was like Alex said, he was the reason we got the lead. Like he had a big three. He had a couple of really good finishes before that. Like he I was really impressed with him. I was about to tear Almost a hole through the ozone layer if he tricked that layup though. I think like, he I think yeah, he messed up the so cool. though. Yeah. He can we can we talk about did he got pushed, right? At the end, uh, there's apparently oh, a the camera view on Twitter that he might not have got pushed, but I haven't watched right. it yet. So I, the I baseline was, cam, I think it was a like horrible angle. I think it was a horrible angle. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think Shea got fouled that possession and the possession before yep. though. So like, I mean, yeah. Hey, you know, potato, potato. Like you're picking he, straws. Yeah. <laughs> Last two minute report, baby. He's not getting. I think we we already talked about this, but he's getting some pretty egregious no calls for the talent that he is yeah um but kind of sticking with giddy like you know you guys talked about that fourth quarter and you know how he's round into form and really like you know one of the main missions in this year is unlocking the shea and giddy pairing and the key to that is off ball play because these guys are both guys that naturally thrive with the ball in their hands and I think what we've seen in these past few games is both of them really doing a better job, you know, orchestrating off ball. Like when Giddy cuts to the basket off ball, it's genuinely explosive. Like I think it catches mm-hmm. the defense off guard. Like there was like two or three times tonight where he cut to the basket and he, his man was a good two feet behind him because he didn't even know what just happened. And like, I mean, he's all, he's already six foot nine and he's like, He's pretty swole, like, you know, for his size and, like, how young he is. So, like, that that's a force coming at you at the rim. And, you know, he, he's showcased a nice touch around the basket. So, yeah, I, I think they've both done a great job playing off ball. But, like, Alex, you hit the nail on the head, you know. I mean, I talked about shooting in December. But, really, since that Spurs game when Shea had to sit out because of his tailbone, hip, whatever it was, um, where, wherever he was butthurt, um, you know, that was really Josh Giddy's chance to catch rhythm, like, you know, to have the ball in his hands for the whole game, like being in control. I think it got him back in rhythm. And, you know, since then, he's been able to hold on to that rhythm, um, you know, through this, what is it, like, I think seven game stretch at this point. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm right there with you, man. I like it. Um, if I'm giving my single edge item, I mean, you know, and we're going to talk about a bunch of bunch of different things here, but I mean, you got to talk about Shea. I mean, he has 27 points, 10 of 20 from the field, one of three from deep, hit all six of his free throw attempts, had eight rebounds, seven assists, one steal. And he made some timely buckets. Like, I think he had he had 10 points in the first quarter, uh ended uh, at at the end of the first half he had 17. So, he only scored 10 more points, but like in the third quarter, he wasn't forcing anything. Like the guys came out guns blazing. Like Santa was hitting shots, Giddy was doing great, Dort was hitting shots, and Shea, being the star player, had every right to be like, "Okay, guys, give me the ball. Like I've got to get my shots. I've got to get in rhythm." But no, he was like I said, he was orchestrating off ball, playing decoy, you know, making the extra pass, like keeping those guys in rhythm. And, you know, I, I think, you know, it really helped them 
you know, stay in rhythm. I'm, I'm saying rhythm a million times, but stay in rhythm in that fourth quarter. And then, you know, when Shea checked back in in the fourth quarter, he got two quick middies. Like, dare I say, like, one of the closest Kobe impersonators on the mid-range fadeaway, like, in the league. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, he hits two crazy middies there at the end. Obviously, he had the two clutch free throws. He had a couple nice drives. So, I mean, he, he was just in his so, bag. I'm, so this is this is where we deviate as far as age goes because I saw a couple of those shots and I was like, man, it looks like Jordan a little bit. Well, hey, I mean, Kobe imitated Jordan, I, so. <laughs> I mean, they, yeah, I, I, same to both those. That was, yeah, that was what it looked like. Yeah, but I mean, Kobe or Jordan. Yeah, obviously, twenty-seven. I know. I know the over/under was set at twenty-eight and a half for a lot of betting sites, and some people lost money for that. And he should have got the over because he was fouled. Like Shea got to the line six times. He leads the league in drives. He's up in like the top five in free throw attempts. Like this is a guy that initiates contact and gets to the line. Like it's egregious for him to go to the line six times in this game like we saw i mean yeah i can count on two hands <laughs> like all, all the fouls throughout the game that were missed on shay goes alexander and i can count on one hand all the count all the calls that was missed you know in like the final four to five minutes but you know that's that's neither here or there you know it's it's there's a lot of missed calls but like honestly there was missed opportunities mm. throughout this game like obviously he was down like 21 22 points in the second quarter and we battled back and we actually had the lead by like i think seven or nine at some point in the in the fourth and whenever you can like battle back and hold that lead in the fourth quarter like if you lose that game yeah some of the blame goes on the referees but like you can't let it get back in that position right can I can, can can I uh, can I vent a little bit? Vent, vent away, man. Turn the AC on. So the call at the end, or the call, not the call at the end, but the call on the previous possession, I believe, or a couple on possessions the replay before or that. Whatever? On I know, the replay, I know what you're one where, about. where yep. yeah, where they challenged yep. it and I know you know, it got say. overturned. Like I, I hate say. that play. I hate that play a little bit because. He hit him. And well, no, no, not not because he hit him. No, no, no. But oh, I thought that's what, that was when, where I was going. When that play happens <laughs> in the first three and a and three quarters of the game, no one bats an eye that it is the offensive team's possession. Nobody bats an eye at all. But then, whenever you start to go ahead and you know look at instant replay and look at stuff in slow motion. Of course, yeah, you can hit the ball and the last, you know, the last fingertip that it comes off of because the ball is going in that yeah. direction is going to be the offensive player. But, you yeah. know, the entire game before that, anytime a play like that happens, you call it, you know, it's it's out on the defense. It's the offense's ball. So, yeah. you know, that just that just kind of grinds my gears and I and I hate I hate it because literally playoff games have been decided because of those stupid ass plays like that. Those, you know, I, those uh, replays because, you know, like that. I get what you're saying. I agree. It's stupid because, it, like, naturally the trajectory of the ball you're going to hit, you're, you're going to, like, graze your fingertip with it maybe. But I also thought Spolstra did a really strategic challenge there because, uh, like, you have one challenge. It's 55 seconds left in the game. 
You're up by two, I think, at that point. So why not just use it there? And he's like, he's doing it because he's been given the challenge for one. And two, he knows if he challenges it by the letter of the law, it's going to get switched if they looked at it and that's what he did. So I agree it shouldn't be that way. But because it is, I kind of admire Spolstra for knowing that and then like using his one challenge right then because he hadn't used it yet. And just like that's that's an extra possession that basically flips the game. So I mean you're you're a bad coach if you don't challenge that at that point of the game. I'm but I know yeah, but, was like in your face, like doing yeah. the doing the circle. Yeah, thing. it's more it's not it's not because he challenged it then, it's it's also because he had the wherewithal to to not use it earlier because you only get one. So like I I thought it was I I think from a from a like rules book perspective, I agree. It should be changed. But as the rules lie now, like that was a good that that was a good decision they did. And they they basically it's like, like a it's like a it's like a letter letter of the law versus spirit of the law. Yeah. 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 But in addition to what, in addition to that, I also hate the fact, kind of what similar argument, I hate that you can't overturn a foul. I think that should also, I think if you, I think the rule should be if you go and challenge a play, it is fair game to also say, oh, hey, that guy fouled, fouled you. So that's also a foul. Like, I, th- I think that should be fair game. Like, you can well, overturn a block and charge, right? The, ret- the, 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 well, the blocking, yes, but you can't. But you yeah, can't the, the referees can retroactively. Well, that it, and like no, the I referees can retroactively go back and and be like, you know, oh, you know, that was a charge, but the player traveled or something like that. They've done that to to the Thunder before, where there have been plays where it's challenged, yeah. and they look and they call an entirely different thing that goes against the Thunder. Yeah, I I know they've done that, but I think. I think I could be wrong here. I, I'm not an expert, but if the team challenges a who touched the ball last challenge, they can't also go back and say this guy fouled this guy. And so, actually, even though it he even though he touched the ball last, yeah, before the ball went out, he fouled him. They can't do that. Yeah, it's it's right. It's based off of the the play itself that was called. Right. Right. That yeah. that to me I think is stupid. Because if you challenge a play, but prior to in this case the ball going out of bounds, you get fouled, resulting in the ball leaving your hands, that to me is a situation where you should be able to overrule and say that's a foul. That that I think all should should be somehow integrated into the rule book. Because to me that that flipped one possession, which ended up being a one possession loss. <clears throat> and so then you can do the whole song and dance of like, woulda, coulda, shoulda. But like, still, it's one possession. You never know. So Ref, you that suck. to me in the moment, I Ref, was like, I wish suck. I'd done that. Yeah. But anyway, we that there's there was a whole lot. With that. No, you're fine. Jeremy, do, do, you have a, do you have another takeaway from this game? Another single large item for us? Uh... I mean, that was what I think I had a few small things. Um, I liked Poku first 
in the second quarter. I thought he was playing really well stat wise. He didn't it didn't look good, but I felt like he was kind of all over the place. He got like a block. He was like getting some tips. He was like challenging some rebounds. And I just thought he was like kind of in the mix a little more, which was nice to see. But it wasn't like a, I don't know, not a big, uh, big takeaway. I think, um, man, now that I'm blanking on the other things, I was good. Oh, Jay will, um, or Santa. The, I, I think, um, He's technically a guard, but I was watching him tonight and like defensively, he almost can play like a, almost like a power forward position with how big he is. Like he's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a wing. He's a wing. He's not a guard. He's a wing. I yeah. thought he was technically a guard. No, nah, he's listed as a forward, but, um, okay. Well, then yeah. never mind. Technically he, wing. he looks a guard. <laughs> like, see, he because... plays defense like a wing. Cause he is a wing. So, well, yeah, uh, he, that's he, my big takeaway. He struggles with staying with guards at this point. Um, yeah, you know, he 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 can win some but matches in the paint, with wingspan, in, but in the paint, he looked really good. Like he he had some really good stops late in the in the fourth on Bam and and I feel like one other I can't remember, but I don't know. I just I he he seems like he's just like really like sturdy. I don't know. It's almost like Steven Adams, but not quite Steven Adams. Like really sturdy. I like it. Yeah, I mean he he had a nice game. He had 14 points, six ten shooting, two or four from deep. Um, those two coming at the beginning of the third quarter, like I was talking about earlier. Uh, five rebounds, two assists, two oh. blocks. So I remember one other thing I was going to mention. So um, what I also liked is I mentioned this on Twitter. Shay seemed like really upset after the first quarter and. I was like, that seems weird. He it wasn't like that bad. He had three turnovers in the first quarter, um, and then the next twenty-two minutes, he didn't have a single turnover. He had two more, like at the very, very end, mm-hmm. to get to five. But he went like most of the rest of the game, basically just playing really clean, no turnovers. And I was, I was like, that's pretty cool. I like it. Good, yeah. good stuff. We like we like a star that protects the basketball. Um, yeah. All right, Alex, the, do you have another takeaway you wanted to add here, man? Oh, no, I think he froze. He's frozen That's on tough. the highway. Oh, oh there wait. he is. There he is. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Welcome. What did, did you ask? Were you asking me if I had anything else on this game? Yeah, yeah. Um. No, no, I mean nothing negative, nothing, nothing too negative, um, but Lou Dort's offense the last couple games has been a little bit worrisome. It, you know, it's almost like he's forcing things, he's forcing shots, especially at the beginning of, you know, at, at, at the early part of the shot clock sometimes, and his driving has been atrocious like he is you know balls to the wall but he's not stopping before he gets to the to the rim um so just you know i i know and i know and i know like steven dolan has been championing him saying hey this season whatever but as this team develops especially around shea that offense has you know his offense has to change because 
he's not going to be a 10 to 12 shots per game guy. He's going to be more of a like seven or eight shots per game guy. And so, yeah, his, his offense lately has been a little bit, uh, has a little bit, has been a little bit disappointing. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the box score tonight, it's misleading. He had 18 points, 6 of 12, 4 of 7 from 3. Um, four assists, actually, tonight, which is exactly. interesting, um, and a steal. But, yeah, he made a lot of uh, questionable decisions, uh, especially late in the game. Um, actually, that uh, before Hero hit that 3 to tie the game, uh, we was – I think we was up six at that point, and Dort drove in and tried a crazy reverse layup like he's Aaron Wiggins or something. Missed it. Yeah. Victor Oladipo came down Aaron the other Wiggins, end. As if. Did a crazy reverse layup and got the AM1. Put them down three, which set up Tower Heroes three to tie the game at the end. So, yeah, I mean, he, he drives to the rim seemingly without a plan. And, you know, we've seen his finishing kind of fluctuate um, in his young career. Um, I don't know, man. It's like it's like he's trying to be Shay down there, just trying to make it as difficult as possible on his finish when really he just needs to either explode to the rim or you know, just 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 use the glass. <laughs> yeah. I softly I, softly we've talked we've talked about this before at least once, I think multiple times, where Lou like shoots with very little time on the shot or very a lot of time left on the shot clock. Like he, he just doesn't run the play and he just like kind of goes ISO. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do think like, as we see Shay and even Giddy progress into their like playmaking abilities. And once we get Chet back into the mix and think about how we can integrate him offensively, I think Lou needs to be the, traditional like three and D guy, which his shooting today, I mean, you said it's a little misleading from the box score, but his three point shooting was pretty good. And Mm -hmm. if you look at like who we've got for threes, it's not going to be Shea. He's, he's clearly not, it's not his game anymore. You have Giddy who's not really doing that. I mean, he's getting better. So maybe we'll see, but then Isaiah Joe, if we're playing in Dallas and then it's like, there's, there's kind of a fall off from there. And I think Lou Dort needs to be that guy. That's the guy we can kick out to. And you get yourself a nice three and D player that a lot of championship teams these days seem to have. So I, I don't know why he's like, like we've, you've said, like both of you said, trying to, drive and like do these crazy thing crazy things like he it it seems like he's trying to over overextend himself um in the offense when if he can just be a guy who can set himself up on the perimeter and be reliable that's like what you need for shay and others to succeed so um i don't know what it is maybe it's a pride thing maybe he just wants to be more of the offense, but it doesn't seem like it's hey, working gentlemen. right now. Yeah, peace out. Peace. Hey, um, Christmas song. Oh yeah, I was gonna ask which favorite Christmas song. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Love it. Love it. What? <laughs> All right, gentlemen. See you, man. Bye. Bye.
All right, Tierney, just a couple more highlights I wanted to talk about in this game, and I'll, I'll cover them quickly here. Um, and and we can we we can wrap it up on this. We we went a little bit long on the recaps. We can save the uh, the tanker not to tank discussion for Friday. Get another game under our belt. So, a um, couple of things I wanted to talk about was Wiggins was great in his minutes, eight points, four rebounds, um, three steals. In 25 minutes of action, hit all of his shots, two or three from the stripe, had an absolutely ridiculous reverse layup where he drove baseline and finished on the other side of the basket. So that was awesome to see. Got cooked a little basketball. Yeah, he saved basketball. Yeah. He uh got cooked a little bit on offense or on defense all night. Um, and yeah. he he famously was the one that uh, he really hit the jumper over at the end of the game. But overall, like it was fun to see Wiggs out there. Isaiah Joe kind of, you know, had had a night that you're gonna have in the NBA, no matter what level of player you are. It doesn't matter how elite of a shooter you are, you're gonna have these nights. He was 0504 from deep, but he was able to play 17 minutes because he added three points from the line. He had two assists, two rebounds, and I really liked his activity out there. Even though he wasn't making shots, I thought he was moving well um, in terms of offense. He was crashing the glass. I thought he was locking in on defense. So, yeah, I credit Joe on that. And then uh, one of my last individual takeaways is just Eugene got eight minutes there in the third or during the fourth quarter, and it, it just shouldn't have happened. Like, no, nope. get him out, get him out. Call up, like, what would doing get ooze up here get jay williams up here i think that we will see them called up this weekend so it needs yeah. to happen like <laughs> i don't i don't understand like why why is he still getting minutes like why not even if you don't call up Uzer jalen like why not just like give a few throw a few extra minutes to like let me see like uh poku or even muscala trey man trey man got what five minutes today like just mix, mix in some other guys. Don't you don't need Eugene? Get him out of there. Yeah, I think they was trying to use him for physicality, which you know in the past we have seen Eugene make an impact with. I his guess yeah, Trey, but, Poku's not the best physically, so that makes yeah. Sense. Offensively, he was just a liability <sighs> out there. He just, missed so many bunnies. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean defensively, he was a liability too. He was yeah. like in that second quarter, he was getting targeted by Hero. It was just he was so obvious. I don't know. But, get him out. Get him out. But I titled this called Miss Calls, Miss Opportunities. And I talked about it a little bit earlier. But this this uh this final thing I have to say. Oh, oh hang on. Let, let me I gotta point this out. Sorry. Um that the final play Degnault drew up, not the one that got Shay the jumper yes. that he got caught on, but the one before I know what, that. Yeah. yeah. Stroke of genius because that was an have, amazing play. You have Giddy inbounding, you have Shay, who's one of the clutchest players in the NBA. You've got Mike Muscall, Isaiah Joe knockdown shooters and you have Lou Dort out of there in the court for some reason mm-hmm. and nobody is expecting that ball to go to Lou Dort yeah and I, I said on Twitter nobody saw it coming and somebody said yeah. Caleb Martin saw it coming well it's only because yeah. he literally saw the ball coming like it was it was a crazy play by Caleb Martin knocked the ball out of bounds and set up I was- the baseline inbound I was so pissed Caleb Martin knocked that away because as the play like I was watching it and like you're just waiting for for like a pass to like the perimeter and you're and I'm just like okay they're gonna pass it to like the corner three or they're gonna pass it like to to half court 
And then all of a sudden you just see like Lou Dort like streaking down the side. And it's like, whoa, where'd he come from? And then, and then he breaks it up. And so, yeah, I, I agree. I loved that play. I was, I, yeah, it was a great, great design. Yeah. Stroke of genius by Mark, man. But you know, yeah. talking about missed calls, missed opportunities. Like there's, it, as I, as I'm reading the stats, like there's no better example of missed opportunities. So we, <laughs> we beat the heat and field goal percentage 50 to 43%. Um, we beat them in rebounding 44 to 39. We tied them offensive rebounds, but you know, beat them defensive rebounds 37, 32 have more assists 26 to 25. They beat us in steals nine to seven, but we have four blocks to their one. Tied the game in turnovers, but we had 26 to 19 in points off turnovers, 19 to 4 on fast break points, 60 to 20 in points in the paint. We, That's what we I was going to bring up. Yep. We are plus 42 at one point in bench point or uh, points in the paint. Yeah. That was the big we, one. And we still lost this game. <laughs> still lost the game. It was those three point. It was, it was all the freaking three point barrage and the 24 three pointers. Yeah, I think I think that's I what think they it. said that it was a franchise record in three point attempts at fifty six, and a franchise record in three pointers made in twenty four for the Miami. It was Heat. a record. Yeah, it was a record in the first half at 16, 16 in the half. That's what yeah. it was. Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, just just a wild shooting display. And what's funny though is that's the kind of display that it took to, to be lose able to be by two. <laughs> Yeah, lose by Cover two. Cover the spread on betonline.ag. There you go, man. But yeah, I mean the the next game we got is the Timberwolves on Friday, and you know we've we've had split luck with them. You know, Cats obviously still out. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if Kendrick Williams is able to play because famously his little his little uh, tizzy that he had with Rudy Gobert has had him sidelined ever since then. So. It'll be interesting to see if 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 they come to play, and it'll be interesting to see if the guys want to send a physical message to Rudy Gobert uh, in that game about you know what he did, the dirty play they did to Kendrick Williams. So excited to see that. Um, yeah, Tierney, I picked us to go. Uh, I think four and three in this seven game homestand, but I had the Heat as a win, so it was right there. It, it was it was, it was right in our clutches, and, and it's gone, but. Uh, I did. I think I did pick us to beat the Timberwolves. So, um, no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't pick us to beat the Timberwolves. But now I am because we lost to the Heat. Gotta keep the record. How do you feel about the Timberwolves? So it's it's Timber. So Timberwolves, Grizzlies, Trailblazers twice, Pelicans, and Spurs in the home mm-hmm. stretch. So, yeah, with the Timberwolves, um, yeah, we'll probably. I'm going to say we, if we have Kenny back, we'll win that game. That's what I'll say. If we don't, we'll lose. Um, and then I'm going to just make a prediction in case I'm not here Friday. I'm going to say we go, so we're 0-1 in the home stretch. I'm going to say we go 3-4. and four. Okay. That's fair. Yeah, it's just one game difference than mine. But uh, I'm going to predict you won't be here Friday because it's, you know, it's supposed to be a Dolan pod. So we will be staying up late for Dolan. Oh, no. In that case, I might be more likely. I want a pod with Steve. Hey, hey, go to sleep early and set an alarm. That's what I do. (laughs) I, yeah, I actually have a half day Friday. 
I might do that. I might just like take a long nap in the afternoon. Heck yeah, man. Love it. Work. Um, before we close out the pod, I just do want to once again, plug our top of thunder fan event that we have, uh, yes. planned for January 27th. Uh, yours truly. And Maddie double dribbles here. Tyranny will also be at the event. It's going to be a, it's going to be a just phenomenal time. I mean, obviously the, uh, being able to see the game, being able to see such a good game against the Cavaliers, the on-court experience at, at the end with the picture and the half-court shot. Um, we're going to be uh, pre-gaming at the parlor uh, before the game mm-hmm. as well. And Jerry's told me nothing but good things about that. It's a great and, place. Better well, than myself. Yeah, I mean, we've we've already had a great turnout in tickets, but, you know, you still have about a month and a half um, in, you know, to get the tickets for this event. As I said before, we tried to make this in- as inclusive as possible with opening up to the wild city like 16 dollars a ticket man like that's that's insane like you know not just to sit upper arena like i get it like that's that's probably a normal rate or whatever but to sit up arena and then be able to do the, all the encore stuff at the end for 16 dollars like you can't beat that deal so steal steal and I, I know i said that i would put this on our profile and I have not yet, but tomorrow it will be up on the profile. I'm sorry. I've been really busy with a bunch of other stuff. So that will be on the profile for you guys to go uh, click that link to get your tickets. Um, I've talked to a few of you that said you still plan on coming, just haven't been able to get tickets yet. So yeah, it's, it's going to be a great event and we look forward to meeting you all. And it's going to be awesome. I look forward to meeting my brothers. I haven't met Tierney yet. So it'll be nice to meet Tierney. I know. I know. That's crazy. That's crazy. You and Dolan and uh, Moles, I think, are. Is that it? Cone. Oh, and Cone. Yeah, and Cone. Yeah, yeah, you've met. It's funny. You've met the same people I've met. You've met Alex and Jerry. I've met Alex and Jerry. Oh, yeah, because you were here. Yeah. When, when were you here? Was that last? That's 2018. Didn't you come? Oh, who came last year? No, Cone came last came recently. Yeah, yeah. Cone came up there and he met Jerry. So Jerry's met everybody except Dolan and Moles. So except Dolan Moles. They're they're the they're the unicorns of our Yeah, they're the white whale. Dolan's the real white whale. We still won't meet Dolan. I don't I don't know if I ever will meet Dolan, to be honest. I've just I've just accepted that fate. And if I can, great. If not, you know, so be it. It's it's the harsh wife. There you go, man. Boy, Tierney, that uh, that wraps up the pod. Oh, I mean, Alex gave us his favorite Christmas song. It was the Grinch. Oh. So what, what's your favorite Christmas song, man? Uh, what's the name of the artist? Christmas by Donnie Henley. Okay, great song. It's just called Christmas. That's it's, is it the one? That's like, a Christmas. That one? No, it's like uh da 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 da. Ah, oh, no, it's that this one. Christmas, right? Oh no! Is it this Christmas? Hold on. No. I thought it was. I, I think thought that's just, what it was. Called. I think it's just called Christmas. I do like that one. As I, well. I saved it. It's a. It's a banger. I love it. This Christmas. Chris Brown does a uh, cover to it. It's pretty awesome too. Yeah, there's a there's some really good. Oh, it is this Christmas. You're right. Dang it. Yeah. Let's go. It's also Donny Hathaway. Donny Hathaway, not Donny Henley. There you go. Hey, but we, it's a, it's a banger. On here. Um, banger yeah. song. Yeah, I mean, I like the Grinch song. Um, I also like this Christmas. Those are up there in the echelon. I like Chestnuts Roasting in the Open Fire. Like, 
Yeah, I just, uh, I mean, that's yeah. that, that's a boss song, but I don't know if you've seen the Guardians holiday special. I'm going to guess not. Uh, no. <laughs> There's a song called I Don't Know What Christmas Is because, like, they're aliens and they don't know what it is, but, like, it's, it's, it's just a really clever and funny song, and my kids love it, and we sing it at the top of our lungs, and I annoy my wife uh, over it, so that's that's up there in the rotation as well nice so you gotta love a song you just built out every once in a while especially that annoys the wife so especially that annoys the wife <laughs> all right dude no hey with that being said hope everybody has a great night god bless hoop when you can and as always Thank you for listening to the Topic Thunder podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter at OKC Topic Thunder. Thunder up! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.